0: This episode of the Astro Powder Podcast is brought to you by Gama. Gama's newest Optiflex Pro model, the CF unit, offers simple, reliable color change in 20 seconds. The Optiflex Pro CF unit is the perfect solution for lab use, powder quality testing, and coating of small quantities or small size samples. For more information, call 877-437-6771. Once again, that's 877. 4376771 and be sure to mention ask Joe sent me when you want to know that everything is covered complete it with GAMA.
1: Hello all you powder coating fans and welcome to episode 26 The Ask Joe Powder Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Powder, a.k.a. Kevin Biller. And with me, as always, is my esteemed colleague, sidekick, and the coolest cat on this side of C-Bus, Nathan. He's our powder coating formulator dude.
2: Let me put on my sunglasses. It's the law around here. You gotta wear your sunglasses. So you can feel cool. We're broadcasting from the Powder Coating Research Group Studios in Columbus, Ohio. The purpose of the Ask Joe Powder podcast is to bring the latest news and technical know-how to the global powder coating community. So let's get it rolling. But before we do...
0: Shout out.
1: I'd like to give a heartfelt shout out to Jace Kayser. He's the general manager of Kayser... Blasting and Coatings in beautiful Lincoln, Nebraska. Jace was recently recognized as one of the movers and the shakers in our industry uh, as he is a recipient of the esteemed 40 Under 40 Award, uh, which is given by Products Finishing Magazine. Jace runs the family business, uh, which was started back in 1987 by his parents. But what sets Jace apart is his rather pervasive presence in social media. And For me, that's specifically LinkedIn with his comments and his blogs and his V-blogs. He's a true advocate for the powder coating industry. If it's not an astute observation about powder application characteristics or appearance of a a recent powder that he sprayed, it's an earnest question about a nagging problem, maybe having something to do with defects or inconsistent performance. Jace is always engaging, and he pulls in the finest powder experts to weigh in on their perspective uh, on the issues that he, he brings up. So hats off to you, Jace. Well-deserved. Keep up the good work. And Now, it's time for the news in our Guess What segment. Guess What?
2: All right, and it's time for our uh, once per episode announcing the rescheduling of one of the major coding shows. Um, so, yeah, Abrafati 2021, that's the big international paint and coatings show in uh, Brazil that's been moved uh, from late September to the end of November. It's actually November 30th through December 2nd, 2021.
1: You know, it's funny because that was a log jam. When we looked at September, it's like almost every single day in September was a major (laughs) coatings conference. Everything
2: got pushed back. Yeah. So, yeah, this actually puts them uh, in their own – Time frame, so maybe more people will be able to attend. But also, you know, they're taking note of security for the participants and the quality of execution, all those sort of things. In the meantime, though, they're asking for abstracts. If you have a presentation detailing a high level technical contribution and want to present research results, go ahead and Get a hold of those guys, the Abrafati International Coatings Congress, and this is also interesting. Foreign speakers are welcome to present their lectures via live stream, so that should open up the possibility for a lot more people to be able to present to the show if they don't have to actually travel to Sao Sao Paulo in November.
1: You know, I, I think that's a sign of the times. I think we're going to see more of that just going on in the future. More and more of that. You know, regardless of you know. What goes on with pandemics and, and other crazy uh, global events, um, I think it's just going to become you know, part of the scene.
2: Well, now everyone has the capability to do the live streaming, and it just makes sense, yeah. Mm-hmm. Still like getting, getting together in person, though. Oh, for sure. All right. And Codings World reports that Ivonic has joined the MIT. IBM Watson AI Lab. That's a bunch of letters. But Ivonic is actually the first chemical company to participate in the MIT IBM Watson AI Lab. You know, that's their, their supercomputer that they're developing artificial intelligence technology uh, on. To win Jeopardy, right? To win Jeopardy. As part of the partnership, Evonik and IBM have already investigated new possibilities to create a collaborative intelligence between humans and machines and pilot projects. They've also succeeded in building artificial intelligence so that it will further accelerate the research for new materials, according to Evonik.
1: You know, it's, it's interesting. You know, I don't know if everybody knows uh, Evonik, but, you know, they're a major supplier of raw materials that go into powder coatings, including... You know, a, a number of different additives, including fumed silicas and, and fumed alumina, and, and also uh, cross-linkers, and, and and they're debuting some filler, uh, mineral fillers as well. So they're well integrated into the powder coating uh, supply chain. And uh, this is just real interesting news, Nate.
2: All right, and finally, Exalta just announced the introduction of the Exalta Bright Futures Scholarship Program. Students studying specific STEM, business, or technical slash vocational fields at eligible partner schools in Delaware, Michigan, Pennsylvania, New York, Texas, or Virginia can apply now through May 12th for renewable scholarships of up to $5,000. You can do a search for Exalta Scholarship, or it should be in the show notes, a link to the scholarship program if you know somebody that Wants to apply, or if you yourself are eligible.
1: That sounds great. You know, I've seen more and more of this uh, lately in the last few years where the major um, coding suppliers are stepping up to the plate to offer scholarships to encourage people to.
2: Next generation. Yeah. Bringing them into the fold.
1: Scientific stuff. Okay, friends, now it's time for the question and answer portion of our
0: podcast. Do you have a question? Ask Joe Powder. Well, you can ask him. Ask Joe Powder. He ooh, has the answer. That will answer. Powder Coating. It's the Ask Joe Powder Podcast.
2: Okay, our first question comes from Sean Bevis in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And This is a long one, so hold on to your butts. He says, Hi, Joe. Been a reader for quite some time now, but never asked this question. We're a multi-substrate powder coater with both batch and conveyorized paint lines. A typical day of powder coating might show... We change colors 10 to 15 times, spraying everything from TGIC, super durable, 70% fluoropolymer. It's all spray to waste. We have about 25 to 30 stock colors, but we might have somewhere in the neighborhood of over 400 different colors total. We might get an order for a special match color, buy 55 pounds of it, and then only spray 30 pounds. Then the leftover will sit on a shelf for months or years until the possibility of using it again comes around. We've actually sprayed three, four, five-year-old powders with no problems, but we also run into a few issues recently. Just within the past year, we've started MEK checking our products to ensure full cure. Since then, we've had six jobs where MEK check showed insufficient cure. We'll rebake the parts, but it typically doesn't improve the MEK. The powder softens quickly and often wipes down to the base metal in 10 to 15 rubs. These six jobs have all been lighter colors like white, beige, light tan, pink, etc. and have all come from boxes of powder over three years old from multiple vendors. seems like the darker colors, even those that are over five years old, can still be used and will cure. We have multiple powder suppliers and we've seen similar results with all the vendors, our powder storage area is not temperature controlled. The powder storage area will see hot southern days of 100 plus degrees F and cold winter months below 30. What exactly is causing the powder to not cure? Is there some specific constituent in the powder that doesn't age well to temperature fluctuations and moisture? I realize that all powder has a life expectancy and that we're going way over this usage state, but what other factors should we be paying attention to? Thank you so much. Okay, Sean. Well,
1: these are fascinating but troubling issues that you've been observing. First of all, let me commend you for the versatility and breadth of your operation. It takes a high level of discipline and planning to handle so many colors and chemistries in one shop. So kudos to you and your team. Well done. Now on to your questions. And one thing I want to underscore is you note that powder coatings as old as five years uh, can be successfully used and get full cure. So let's just talk about some of these, some points that are critical to maintaining the stability of your powder coating while it's in storage. Number one, and we say this at the end of our broadcast every, every time, keep your powder dry. Not kidding. And, you know, it's not super critical that your storage area have a really, you know, tight range, finite range of of humidity as much as it's imperative to keep the plastic bag, the liner, which contains the powder, sealed tightly when you store the powder. The powders that you receive are supplied in boxes or barrels and have a thick, uh, you know, in, in the States we'd say, 3 to 4 mil plastic liner. And these liners if they're if they're sealed, if they're closed at the top, essentially isolate the powder from environmental humidity. The thing you want to avoid are open bags which would allow the powder to absorb humidity and can cause clumping and sometimes chemical reactions. So that's that's number 1. Okay, second, keep your powder cool. So you can feel cool. You mentioned that your storage area can see southern temperatures of 100 degrees Fahrenheit. And that's uh, 38 degrees Celsius for our friends in in more modern countries than this one. Uh, most powders can endure this exposure. However, if you have a low temperature cure powder, you're going to have problems with clumping and quite possibly pre-reaction at uh, these elevated temperatures. The pre-reaction that could occur Will cause an increase in texture that may be unacceptable and the increased texture of this pre-reacted powder can also impair adhesion due to poor flow and leveling of uh, the powder in your oven. I think it's a really good idea that you're checking the MEK resistance of your jobs. One thing that's important to note though is that every powder coating will not provide the same MEK resistance. Uh, Like, for instance, polyesters typically soften after 25 double rubs, whereas epoxies and polyurethanes, if you're using them, will be virtually unaffected by this test. Hybrids or epoxy polyesters are going to fall somewhere in between polyesters and epoxies, depending on how they're formulated. Your observation that when applying aged light color powders are more likely to fail the MEK resistance than dark colors It's perplexing to me. But there may be a couple reasons for this. One, the original fresh powder may not be very resistant to MEK, and you're just checking it now. So that could be one cause. The other reason may be a general lack of cure due to, maybe these have a higher bake requirement, and you're just not getting your parts up to temperature, or you have denser parts or a higher load in the oven. question for you is, Have you checked the actual time and temperature of the parts of various jobs that you run through your ovens? Higher oven loads, either due to heavier parts or more parts, tax your burners more and can keep parts from reaching your specified temperature. So it's really important to verify your part temperature and time at that temperature to ensure full cure. Now regarding the failure after 10 To 15 MEK double rubs. This is a serious issue. All powders will surpass this test if fully cured. So I'm kind of surprised at the results you're seeing. Uh, I'm also surprised that rebaking the parts doesn't improve the performance. I would spray a part and cure it for a very long time at temperature to verify this poor performance that you're seeing. And I think one long bake may provide better cure than two short bakes. Regarding color differences equating to different levels of cure, this would only make sense if you're using infrared as a source of heating. Light colors will reflect a high percentage of infrared and therefore heat more slowly and to a lower temperature than darker ones. Alternately, dark colors readily absorb infrared and heat up much more quickly than light colors and and certainly than metallics. I really can't see a reason why light colors would age more quickly than dark colors. So I guess in summary, I didn't give you a, a complete answer, but I think you're on the right track by checking the MEK resistance of all your powder coating jobs. Poor curing may be due to inadequate time at temperature rather than the age of the powder. Carefully check your supplier's recommended bake parameters, which you'll find on their technical data sheet for the product, and verify them with actual part temperature measurements. And like we always say, keep your powder dry. Make sure you seal your bags after you're done using uh, powder. And it's a good idea to keep it relatively cool.
0: So you can feel cool. Just,
1: just to keep uh, minimizing uh, pre-reaction, so. Sean, thanks for your question, and please get back to me if you've got any further questions, or uh, just let me know how, uh, how these measures work out. Okay, powder coating friends, it's time for a word from our sponsors.
0: GEMA powder coating systems offer you greater efficiencies while producing high-quality results. We provide the very best in powder delivery, application technology, and connectivity for smarter factory automation. With GEMA, you get maximum performance and repeatability whether you are on the shop floor or away from it. For a demonstration, call 877-437-6771. Once again, that's 877 437 Six, seven, seven, one. And be sure to mention, Ask Joe sent me. When you want to know that everything is covered, complete it with GAMA.
2: The Powder Coating Research Group is a proud sponsor of the Ask Joe Powder Podcast. PCR is the only independent laboratory dedicated to powder coating technology. We do everything from raw material evaluation, formulating the next generation of coatings, new product development, testing, troubleshooting, training, and consulting. To find out more, visit our website at powdercoatingresearch.com or you can email Kevin Biller at kevinbiller at yahoo.com. Thanks for listening to the Astro Powder Podcast. Alright, our next question comes from Lee Montmeyer in Wisconsin. He says, Dear Joe, do you know of a more robust test for hardness than the pencil hardness test? We recently had four different labs test a basic black TGIC powder and got four very different results. The results range from HB to 6H. The product should have been rated 2H. Lee, this is uh,
1: an age-old problem in the powder coating world. Um, and there's some reasons for this. Um, First, let's address the variability of the test. This pencil hardness test is the most common, but it's the most inconsistent technique to measure the hardness of a coating. Yeah, the the differences that you can see could have to do with subjective operator-type factors, like how somebody's pressing on the on the, uh, the the surface with the uh, pencil, um, the other thing that you have to keep in mind is pencils. The leads in pencils have a fundamental variability in hardness due to number one lot to lot inconsistencies of 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 lead and in the pencils, differences in manufacturers of the pencil, and also just the age of the pencil. An old pencil is going to be different than a brand new one
2: well and that's why when we do a, a pencil hardness test we usually look at it as a comparison of those different samples at that time you know it's like you said it's the the operator could be running the test a little bit differently than someone else runs it and really the guys yeah, say hb to 6h that's a ridiculously large range but it's also not that surprising that it's just everyone kind of runs the test differently. But if you gave them, you know, four different codings and had the same guy run the test, you could say, okay, this one's harder, this one's softer.
1: Absolutely. It's a comparative test and operator uh, influence for sure, Nate. Um, yeah. So let's get on to some of the options you have. Um, and it really kind of depends on your budget. Uh, first thing you can do is consider a, a testing sled. In some places, these they're called a Wolf Wilburn testing sled, um, where it it's actually a fixture that you put your pencil in, you you uh, secure it, and you just push the the pencil um, held sled across the surface, and then you interpret the results. It takes out that variability of. You know, one person with a limp wrist just grazing the surface, versus somebody with you know a, a power builder who takes a running leap and then t- jabs the the surface with a, a pencil. So that's that's one thing you can consider getting a testing sled. They're they're not cheap, but they're 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 affordable. Now, if you'd want a more sophisticated and reproducible hardness test, um, you may want to consider something like the Sward Rocker Hardness Tester or the Koenig Pendulum Hardness Tester. Let's talk about the Sward Rocker method first. It employs a technique that relies on the physics that a softer surface affects the amplitude of oscillation of a rocking body. If You can follow me on that, but somebody gave this a lot of thought when they developed that test method. Basically, the softer surface dampens a rocking disc more quickly than a, a harder surface does. Please be advised, of when you run this test, that minor differences in coating thickness can affect your data. The ASTM-D2134 covers this technique in, in detail. And you can purchase a SWARD rocker hardness tester from your instrument uh, company, you know, somebody like... Uh, Bick Gardner or TQC, uh, I think they both carry them. Now the Koenig Pendulum Hardness Method works on a similar principle. It has to do with dampening. Um, with this technique, the hardness of your coated surface is measured by tracking the dampening effect that the, s- the surface has on an oscillating pendulum. I said it was a Koenig Pendulum test. And and basically this method consists of placing two stainless steel balls on the coated surface and then the balls act as a pivot point at the top of a pendulum. The pendulum is swung from a fixed start position and it actually has a a swing counter. Uh, It measures how many swings uh, are counted from that fixed position once you release the pendulum. So more elastic or softer surfaces will dampen more quickly and thus swing fewer times. Of course, harder surfaces will swing more times. This technique is described in detail in ASTM test method D4366. And you can find this at Qualitest, their website, which is worldoftest.com. I like these methods, and and if you can afford them, uh, they do bring in a lot of consistency in your testing. Hope that helps with your quest to find a more consistent hardness test. Best regards, Joe. Okay, everyone, before we go, let's fill
2: you in on some upcoming events.
0: Hey, friends, where are we going? To an upcoming event.
2: Okay, coming up uh, the 6th of May uh, 2021 is the DSCT Focus. Show That's the Plymouth, Michigan, uh, automotive-related show. Uh, The 22nd and 23rd of June is the Powder Coating Kitchen, Introduction to Powder Coating Formulation. That's uh, the short course that we hold here at the Powder Coating Research Group, and we teach you how to formulate and the basic things that go into a powder coating. You can uh, find out more about that if you want to... Email kevinbiller at yahoo.com. The 13th through 15th of July, 2021, it's the powder coating conference portion of Powder Coating Week. That's the Powder Coating Institute's week long series of events in conjunction with CCAI. And that's going to be at the Renaissance Orlando at SeaWorld in Orlando, Florida. The 27th through 29th of September is the Middle East Coating Show. That's in Dubai, UAE. The 22nd through 23rd of September is the Powder Coating Summit, which is also uh, put on by us in Columbus, Ohio. And that's where you can find out about the latest developments in powder coating technology.
1: And one thing I want to say about the Powder Coating Summit,
2: you know, we we put this thing on for the last
1: fifteen years, and I'm really excited about this one. I, I'm always excited because we always have a great lineup of speakers, but this year our keynote speaker is Kevin Hales, and he's from Axonobel. He's innovation manager for automotive coatings, and he's going to talk about the future of powder coatings in the automotive world. Which there's a lot of stuff cooking now, and it's going to be pretty exciting.
2: Yeah, and I think we've brought up many times before where automotive powder coating has always been kind of a interesting uh, dynamic. Like there were fits and starts in the past where you know powder coatings were looked like they were really going to take over big parts of the of the applications there, and then there were other times where they almost you know they barely use any powder coating at all. So. It'll be really cool to hear about the new generation, the new electric vehicles, and the new applications that they're finding for powder coatings in that industry. It's going to be awesome. You can also catch the Ask Joe Powder Q&A, the
1: legacy part of the Joe Powder uh, uh, story, in print. Uh, You can find it in Powder Coated Tough Magazine, which is the flagship magazine for powder coating institute you can also find it in polymers paint and color journal the the masthead is ppcj our, our, our wonderful friends there um, they also have a a link to the the podcast on their website so you can check it out there and pci magazine paint and coatings industry magazine um has it on their website under the finishing flash tab
2: You can find all of our episodes online at askjoepowder.com, but really, if you use any sort of uh, podcast app or searching tool to play play podcasts, you can subscribe. You can subscribe on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, Google, Amazon, um, Audible, anywhere that you find your podcasts. Just... You know, subscribe to them there, and it'll let you know as soon as a new episode comes out. We try to do them every other Tuesday, but, you know, life happens.
1: Sometimes we get a little sidetracked.
2: Okay, and you can look for us on Twitter, a.k.a. Joe Powder. We also have a YouTube channel that uh, we'll be updating periodically. If you want to ask Joe a question, the email address is askjoepowder.com at yahoo.com or you can call in and leave us a message at country code one 478 2 joe it's 1-478-227-5563 this has been a production of the Powder Coating Research Group our sound recording music all that sort of stuff is done by Nick Page everybody's got a little light under the sun <laughs> and keep your powder dry my friends
0: Thank you for listening to the Astro Powder Podcast. This episode was brought to you by Gama. Gama's Optistar all in one control unit leads the industry with a design fusing electrostatics and power feed in one compact device. By combining the powder, injector, and control unit functionality into one device, you get the highest coating efficiency, fastest response times of powder output, and excellent cleaning performance. For more information, call 877 877- four three seven six seven seven one once again that's eight seven seven four three seven six seven seven one and be sure to mention ask joe sent me configure it feed it optimize it integrate it complete it with gama
2: um 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 man some days i just don't feel like talking I'll like on the weekend Like I don't talk to anybody You probably like that huh? I know I live by, My house by myself It's like Hey I should go over there He's probably lonely I just it's Like no he's not Like I'll like Yell at my cat twice <laughs> Like Whether He deserves it or not No He deserves it constantly Um, 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 um um, 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 um.